Don't feed the trolls! Yeah! I want to shake you up, Matt. <laughs> I just want to have a very energetic episode, or even if it's just the dumbest stuff, we're just got a lot okay. of energy. Dumb stuff, high energy. We could do that. Just give me some energy, Matt. I know you live in depressing Seattle. It's sunny outside right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it's storming out in... Uh, Wherever you are, Tennessee. Your own band member was like posting on Facebook. Man, I know I'm from Seattle, but it's yeah. He's probably the one who's a chronic whiner, anyways. <laughs> Don't feed the trolls. Don't feed the trolls. Yeah. It's funny because last time we sang the uh, Disney songs, we didn't actually have the keys. I put the key in afterwards, and I was you pretty were pretty close. close. Yeah memorized the the actual key we were that the songs were in we might be natural natural born singers yeah it was funny i was like going after the fact so that was a little disclaimer if you listen to the uh beauty and the beast episode we didn't plan that out i threw the uh music in after so <clears throat> don't judge us don't judge us. we sing better normally <laughs> we are workaholics and we're really good at our jobs and that's what we're talking about today matt right exactly Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls, where we've been conveying it without spraying it for over 60 weeks straight. That's right. We're the 100% rage-free organic option for all of your hot topics. And this week, we're discussing workaholism as a celebrated virtue in the West. But first... But first... (laughs) Oh, jeez. Wow, you should be making some car commercials. Uh, (laughs) Troll mail... Have y'all looked at the topic of flat earth? It sounds dumb at first, I know. But after looking into it for a little while, it actually makes sense. Thanks for the show, dudes. Dan. What do you think, Nate? You you a flat earther, bro? I think we could do a show on flat earth. I also like the email we got from Micah Black. I think the economist is wrong. I've studied the lyrics to Let It Go a few times. It's totally about flatulence. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. <laughs> We've all been there. Oh, Micah. We've all been there, Micah. Micah. Why does everything revolve around flatulence for you, Micah? We could do a Flat Earth episode only because I've seen NBA players tweet about it, so I'm at the point where I'm like, Are you going right. into it? Do you find it compelling? I, I know nothing about it, so it'd be interesting. For those of you that don't listen to the show as often as others, Nate is, Nate is my guy when it comes to... A conspiracy. Nate's a believer normally. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so I would love to. I would love for you to research flat Earth and come at me and say flat. It's the Earth is flat. NASA's lying to us. <laughs> okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. You know, I love that about our podcast is that like it, it gets me into having conversations I wouldn't normally have and thinking about stuff. Like the other day, I was thinking about the Enneagram. Today, actually, I was thinking when you said to me, you said, Nate, you're number four and you don't follow the rules because you don't think they apply to you. I was like. That is so freaking true. <laughs> I have never followed the rules because I never thought they applied to me specifically. <laughs> what, and I was yeah, just that's laughing. Why they call fours the individualist. That's like one of their one of their. Oh names. my gosh! Yeah, because they're just I'm an yeah. individual, and the rest of you sheep, the rest of you sheeple, will will follow the rules, but not me. 
<laughs> yeah. The rest of you guys will pay tolls, and we'll just drive right through them. <laughs> Middle fingers in the air, baby. <laughs> Those days are gone, I read, that uh, they're, they're finally cracking down on people driving through the tolls. But when Sherwood was on tour, we had this... <laughs> this is a funny story. Do it. We, we blew through so many tolls that um, we made a fake... Like, what do they call those? Fast pass? Yeah. I made one out of like duct tape and like, and I glued it to the top of the, the RV. And then every time we would go through, we'd go, Fast pass! And we would just <laughs> blow through. <laughs> that's, that's called the rules don't apply to you. You make it up your own rules. I got my own fast pass. Take that, state of Wisconsin. Only because, like, I think, <laughs> I think it all started because our merch guy, there's this one toll, I think it's in New York. You drive. From like upper state New York all the way down, right? And it's like thirty-eight bucks by the end of the that. That's the nine. That's the ninety-five, right? That's like the Jersey Jersey Expressway or something. It's called. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the Turnpike. Brutal. It's the longest toll ever, and it's like it's literally like a tank of gas when you get to the end of it. Right. And it was like three in the morning, and our birch guy just drove right through it, and we were all laughing hysterically at the back because we were like that fast pass thing isn't real or whatever <laughs> well, and i don't think never, he knew that we never stopped either and this is back before states really communicated and things were kind of globally connected to the internet so we'd never get the tickets and so we're like well if we don't get the tickets then it doesn't matter you know they don't like yeah exactly wisconsin's not gonna you know shoot mail to uh you know the transportation department in washington state and try to like that doesn't cost you know that's not going to get their 450 or whatever so oh, we yeah. just kept blowing through them and i remember the only times we'd ever pay them was when the gate was down and you had to go through the gate <laughs> like yeah, when you're getting yeah. on it or whatever and and uh so we would have like change and they were like th- there's like the, the big you know metal bucket that you throw the change in <laughs> whoever was driving yeah. would always just grab handfuls of change and just chucking it at the bucket and like they're bouncing all over the street and like finally the the thing goes <laughs> up and we're just all laughing just peeling out but it's just like it's just funny how it, just the idea of a toll was such an affront to us like travelers that just like how dare you you know we're bringing music to people man oh i know you should be paying us it's more like you're just so poor yeah. and when you're on the road every little nickel and dime matters and like i remember we played nokia theater in times square three times and we got a hundred and something dollar ticket three times <laughs> Because we were loading in, and we're like, "Where do you load in?" And like the parking people would show up, and I'm like, "You gotta be kidding me! You're gonna give us a ticket?" And then you know, I got in this argument with this lady. She's like, "Well, you guys are blocking." I'm like, "Well, there's no way for us to load in. What are we supposed to do?" <laughs> and the ven- the venue just lets that happen because they don't want to reserve a spot. Well, they don't care. And then I literally tore it up in front of her and threw it away. I said, "I'm not gonna pay this <laughs> individualist." <laughs> yeah i was just so frustrated because i was like look we're not like just double yeah. parked here hanging out anyway new york city kind of sucks for that reason but yeah new york city like blocking the box man blocking the box i got a few of those all that to say is i've learned a lot about myself on this podcast i hope you guys listening to this podcast have learned uh, have learned something about too. yourself yeah yeah we'll we'll dive into this flat earth theory but the people who really seem to be affected by this podcast are the people that support it every month, our patrons. Yes, exactly. And we got a poop load of them this week because Matt tweeted out he would send out nude photos if you pledge to our patron. <laughs> to our patrons. And everybody wants the nude photos. So. Yeah, I think we just hit I think we just hit a hundred nude photos, Matt. 
I'm, I'm refreshing our Patreon right now as we're doing this podcast. We're a, we have a hundred patrons. So what, what happened was I sent out an email saying that you and I, which we did, we discussed uh, the classic crime's new song, Holy Water, on a, a Troll Talk episode. And Troll Talk is our private podcast that's unedited, unscripted, just for our patrons. Oh, yeah. And uh, I decided that would be a place to kind of... Uh, discuss and unpack some of the comments I'd been receiving about oh I don't know the apostasy of our song Holy Water to, and it was related to Trolls because Nate did the lyric video and and so we're all kind of in, invested in this in a creative level and oh, it's related to Trolls because you're you're creative yeah, hustling exactly getting, getting it's kind of the big cre- creative thing that I do so uh, I did we did we did a little conversation and then I uh, I sent an email out today saying hey if you guys want to hear this conversation go become a patron which I'm sure some people are gonna be like what a paywall stupid but I felt like the patreon um, sphere is is more of a trusted more of an exclusive sphere which where I feel a little bit more comfortable than then I, I think maybe if I was to make comments in text sure. or even on the podcast in, in a more uh, broad sense, uh, they could be feeding trolls in some way. So I don't know. I figured if people want to get into the to the the inside level of our podcast, they can find out things they might want to find out, and that's fine. It's the trusted place. It's the it's the home group. It's the like, yeah. hey, I'm gonna let my guard down. I wouldn't dare tell people that I send nude photos to my patrons at church, <laughs> but at my home group, I might come out and tell people that. You know? Yeah, you might divulge some of that stuff. So, anyways, we have some patrons this week. A lot of them. That uh, are probably just interested in hearing that one little troll talk, and then uh, and then pulling their their support from our podcast. But that's fine. Maybe they'll like it enough. That would be a dirty, dirty trick. Maybe they'll like all the bonus content we're putting up there, and maybe they'll uh, become a fan of the podcast, which would be great. We want to thank specifically yeah. this week Jordan Riser, Sam Pease, Seth Gunnels, Megan Sabjakovic. Ooh, I don't, I don't know if I said that. Blockovich. Sablakovitz? Okay. Sorry, Megan. Uh, Caitlin Dyke, Nick Reiner, Alex Weimier, or Weimier, Noah Hardwick, Luke Shoemaker, Sean Day, and Eric Hahn. And I know Eric Hahn. He got me into Disneyland once with my wife because he worked there, and he got my daughters to the front of the line to meet Anna and Elsa. And so I I just want to personally thank Eric Hahn for being being top backer today. Wow, man, you know these people. Yeah, Classic Crimes bringing in the dollars yeah. for the podcast. Can't believe it. One dollar, one dollar per. But yeah, we've been we've been podcasting for over a year, and we just hit a hundred people to support the show. That's amazing. Yeah, and all you guys have been sticking around. We haven't lost too many patrons lately, so man, we love you. Thank you for supporting this podcast. I have friends text me all the time, and they go. Nate, what's this deal with people supporting your hobbies? I don't understand. <laughs> it is kind of a hobby, but it's also it's also work. You know, to do a weekly podcast and to come up with something interesting to say about whatever's going yeah. on in the world and, and try to frame it in a way that's fair and balanced and 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 has empathy for for both sides, uh, while while still remaining true to who we are. It's it's difficult to do, and and sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes we don't have something good to say and so all the support really just allows us to carve out the time out of our daily lives where we have other work to do nate is you know picking uh, eggs up from his hen house or going and getting his raw milk you know farm stuff and i've got a thousand million billion things i'm doing for vocal few and the classic crime like planning tours and uh, kickstarters and releases and i'm running 
Amory's Indiegogo campaign, which you guys should check out, AmoryLP7.com. I'm doing all this stuff, and then also we're like, oh yeah, but we have these hundred people who are really supporting us to do this thing, and we feel an obligation to make sure that we give them something an hour every week that they can uh, engage with a conversation that hopefully they feel welcome to, not spoken down uh, at or um, or lectured, but uh, a conversation where a couple of idiots like us get together and discuss things and hopefully um, do justice to the topics of the day yeah. and in a way that, that invites them into that conversation. That's kind of what our podcast is about, and we are so excited to be able to do it in partnership with you patrons. So thank you guys so much for your support. Yeah. Thanks so much. Came in for school, graduated to the high life. Ball players, rap stars, addicted to the limelight. Empty in May, got you feeling like a champion. The city never sleeps, better slip you an ambient. It's like you work yourself to death, Matt. I'm constantly pitching, man. It's like you're in the gig economy, it's Matt. It's like I'm working so hard. <laughs> so Matt and I were texting, as we normally do, about stuff, about episodes, about, hey, what are we going to talk about this week, next week, whatever. And I read this interesting article on The New Yorker. It says, the gig economy celebrates working yourself to death. The way it's written, it looked like yourself, yourself to death. Yourself to death. By Gia Tolentino <laughs> wrote this article, and uh, Nate sent it to me, and I, I read it, and I was like, you know what? Yeah. Our podcast could be liable to maybe be misread as when we say hustle, when we say DIY, when we say do it, stop wasting time and do it. It could be misread as us saying, uh, don't ever take a break. Just work hard, work for free, work for cheap. Next thing, next thing, always do. Be a doer. And I don't think that's what we're trying to say, Nate. So I think we should balance ourselves out by discussing this article a little bit and kind of why it jumped out at you is something important to talk about. And then this article, The Gig Economy Celebrates Working Yourself to Death, uncovers that Lyft thought it was a good idea to say, here's someone who's working so hard. Yeah. She was in labor when she picked up some passengers and then she had to like drive to the hospital. And uh, apparently Lyft think that thinks that's a good idea, which yeah. Yeah, we talked about this a couple times where you're Matt, you're just like, I don't answer emails after five o'clock. Who are all these people emailing at nine o'clock at night? What are they doing with their lives? <laughs> right. Like I'm with my kids and my family. I shut down. Email me tomorrow. In our culture, we do tend to celebrate the doers. We celebrate the people who are accomplishing things. And I kind of see myself as a doer. Yeah, you are. You're a I doer. Have to put, I have to put boundaries on my time. <laughs> and so when I say I'm done at five or six sometimes, um, I'm sure. done. And people are emailing me. And a lot of people work nights and weekends or whatever. They, they work two or three jobs. And so they're like, they, wanna, they want me to get back to them Tuesday night at 930. And I just... I get angry. I'm like, come on, can we can we just have some balance here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think the problem is 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 sure we all know that exists, but these companies are now spinning that into a positive As thing. Great. So we're getting brainwashed slowly that oh yeah, 
Work yourself to right. death, man. You know, eat a coffee for lunch, bro. That's like the new <laughs> ad slogan for, you know, this the latest new startup company that uh, subjects poor people to uh, make stuff <laughs> for, for them. For free, like slave labor. Yeah, no, so in, in the article in The New Yorker, they talked about Fiverr, and here's a quote. Fiverr, an online freelance marketplace that promotes itself as being for the lean entrepreneur, as its name suggests, services advertised on Fiverr can be purchased for as low as $5. Recently attracted ire for a ca- an ad campaign called Endures We Trust, as in people who do things. One ad prominently displayed on some New York City subway cars features a woman staring at the camera with a look of blank determination. You eat coffee for lunch, the ad proclaims. You follow through on your follow through. Sleep deprivation is your drug of choice. You might be a doer. Fiverr. Bullshit. <laughs> Does that sound like, I mean, it's celebrating this idea that like sleep deprivation, which is, Nate, you could talk a little bit about sleep de- deprivation. How does that help your functionality as a doer? Oh, if you don't sleep, basically in 24 hours, you're drunk. That's how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. And you go insane. You get, you like, you, you can't think straight. You know, you can't feel yeah. normal. You can't be, and here it is celebrated on an ad. So. But on the other hand, some people do Uber and Lyft or right. whatever to actually get more free time. So let's talk about that, Matt. And what about the other sides? Sure. I mean, the hustle. You and I have this patron, and people are giving thousands of dollars <laughs> a month to us. And we, in return, are hustling, get to yeah. do something else with our time. Like today, I just got to go to the dump. A little bit earlier, you know, because I had that extra 20 bucks and I was like, I can go to the dump <laughs> earlier. No, but seriously, though, like I think you and I are on both sides of this coin because we, we can work ourselves to death yeah. and get ourselves some sleep deprivation. And then we can kind of say, you know what, let's go. Let's go out to eat on a Tuesday at 1230. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is freedom and there is something to be said about making your own schedule as long as and I think we're where this article gets it right is that the companies are, and they they talk about this in tech a lot too, the companies reward and celebrate those who work so hard that they have no other life outside of their job. So the lady can't even, you know, be at rest and go into labor. She has to pick up that one last $11 ride for Lyft. And that's celebrated as opposed to going, maybe that's not something that we celebrate. Yeah, she had to actually get that last drive in it's almost like slave labor and then they're celebrating it so anyways it there's a need for a balance and i think a lot of what we say on this podcast can be taken to mean you know get up off your butt and do it work hard hustle diy that whole thing but the reality is that rest is equally as important if we don't sleep if we don't relax if we're not present we're not really living and no matter what we accomplish, Sabbath. exactly, we're not, yeah, the ancient Jews had it on the Sabbath. God commanded them to stop and do nothing. There's like this new sect of Christians called the Hebrew Roots Movement or whatever. Have you heard about this? No. It's people who take sort of the ancient uh, way of being a Christian still literal today. So, so they're they Messianic like, Jews? Yeah. But they don't practice Christmas or Easter because it's like... The god of Estar or whatever. Easter's a pagan holiday. Interesting. What's the appe- What's the appeal of this uh, religion? They take the Sabbath literally, so they don't do anything on the Sabbath. Oh. What I'm saying, there's such a weird yin-yang, push-pull right. part of being human where 
you have to make this rule to do something. But then once you make the rule to do it, then it becomes religious, so to speak. Right. And then it kind of loses its meaning. So I was listening to Rob Bell podcast today, actually, and he was talking a lot about this. Heretic. He was saying that he doesn't check his email till four o'clock. That's totally what an apostate would do. <laughs> yeah, I know. When he's at, when he's kind of like in that mode, you know, he'll leave his phone and you know, won't, won't he'll put time limits so he'll have the whole day to think about stuff. Right. Most of our episodes talk about this kind of thing. Um, you know, like the minimalism episode touched on a lot of this. Right. Rain and the rhinoceros, just being present and contemplative the value of that yeah of seeing of seeing what is is and observing life as opposed to just doing it all the time being active and action comes out of the ego right so it's if you if you want to live in the ego all day long it's it's i think it's kind of and i've been there it's exhausting the the transcendent moments in my life have always been outside of what i had to do in that moment it was sort of an accepting of what is in the moment and and sort of consenting to stillness. That's when I feel like I'm at my best. When I'm constantly doing, I mean, I, I'm very effective. I'm uh, deliberate. I'm commanding. I can get things done. And in our culture, in our Western civilization, we worship the ego. We just worship that sort of pragmatic, well, it works, keep doing it. And we don't necessarily step back into the self or what psychology would call the self, which is a big wider space of subconscious where kind of the creativeness and the magic happens. People say creativity is, um, is inconsistent with ego. You can't have the two in the same space. So uh, getting out of that for me specifically, if I want to create is kind of necessary. Imperative. Imperative. Yes. This sounds like a really good point in the podcast when a country song should come on and it just... That's what country music's for, Matt, is to like get people like you and I, more more you, to just slow the hell down, Matt. Working man, dang, all my life and I'll keep on working. Long as my two hands are fit to use. I'll drink my beer in a tavern. Sing a little bit of these working man blues. I keep my nose on the grindstone. Work hard every day. I might get a little tired on the weekend. After I draw my pay, I'll go back working. Come Monday morning, I'm right back with the crew. And I don't really know how to say this poetically because it's a live podcast. Well, you know what I mean. But there's something about being human and never arriving. It's just you're always sort of, it's just around the corner. Right. Oh, when I'm getting there, it's just around the corner. Like it's like this farm thing. It's like, oh, when we get the cows or when we get the goats or when, yeah. we, when, we, when we make our own cheese or when we have 50 fruit trees, it's like, no, 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 no. Fantasizing. Well, and, th- and that's just true. It's never going to get there. We're never going to have this farm done. You know what I mean? Oh, that's why the West has abandoned a lot of these mindfulness practices like meditation or contemplative prayer because they seem pointless. You're, you're not getting anything done. You're, you're sitting there quietly observing your breath and you're pointing your monkey brain. I saw this a video on Facebook of this Tibetan monk talk about 
how your monkey brain always has to have something to do. And if you don't give it something to do, it will do a lot of things for you and you'll be following it around all day. So he's like, what we do to our monkey mind is we say, look at the breath. And the, bre- the monkey go, okay. And then it watch the breath. And then the rest of your brain, that big sea of subconscious is allowed to just be and it gets to come to the surface. Just to pipe in and make a bad joke, you're just pushing your your classic crime fans, monkey brain, billions of years. They're just getting so t- ticked off at you for your <laughs> evolutionary science ideas. Sure, for those who are distrusting of the Eastern uh, religions, remember Christianity is a Middle Eastern religion, and it is very orthodox. Mindfulness and contemplative prayer came out of first century Christianity. There were monasteries and monks and the desert fathers and mothers who left Rome, especially in like 300 AD when it became the official state religion and was mandatory. A lot of these people went off into the desert, much like their leader Jesus did in his ministry and tried to find deeper meaning. And they developed these meditative practices. And so this is at the root of Christianity. So a lot of people say, oh, meditation, that's evil. Don't go inside of yourself. Your, your inside is evil. Hmm. But hmm. Uh, hmm. I think the, the, the Desert Fathers and Mothers and a lot of the Christian mystics in the early days understood that the kingdom of heaven is in you. And if you can calm that mind down and then address God, then it's not, it doesn't have to do with your ego. And they found a lot of transformation in that. And so there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. But I think our Western brains are like, number one, culturally conditioned to not do that because that doesn't seem productive. And then two, because of whatever our religious upbringings, we're seeing that as maybe pagan or occult or evil. You have to sort of become this this busy, productive church person who tithes a lot of money, works hard, does sure. his thing, has all the social activities, goes, goes, Be goes. Be a martyr, right. And, you know, if you think about it, some of the best and most transformative people in my life are the people who could sit with me for an hour and listen to everything I had to say. Just some, some more like mentors in my life. Right. People who had achieved these talents yeah. that a lot of people in America just don't have. Like, there's a lot of people out there who... Who can't listen? I'm bad. You know? at li- <laughs> I'm bad at listening. You're bad at listening. Yeah, I mean, I can. I mean, I've I've gotten better as I've uh, been married. Sure, but it's your mind's always kind of cranking, right? Yeah, I just know innately that I, I'm a verbal processor, and but I when I when I do try, I, I I see the benefit. And I think that was the hard part about being a musician is you just had all this go 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 go. Drive all night, hang out, drinking, hanging with your buddies, playing rock shows. There was just never a dull moment. Mm. And then there was just these gaps where like everyone would go home and it was like two weeks and it would be the middle of the day and <laughs> I'd wake up and I'd be like, What do I do with myself? Yeah. Like, what do I what do I what do I do right now? And I would walk to this park and I would sit on these park benches, um, bleachers where I played Little League and I would just kind of remember my childhood. And all this stuff kind of came flooding back into my mind, and I would sit out there, and those were the days when I would smoke a cigarette every once in a while, and just sit on those park benches by myself and sort of the, the wee hours of the day, kind of reflecting on life. And I don't know if this is a part of my personality, the foreness, but there's something inside, there's like those emo moments where you just kind of sit by yourself and, and, and reflect on your life. And I think... Mm-hmm. I think sometimes those are unhealthy because you just kind of get into this sort of depressed state. Sure. And maybe maybe the workaholics are running 
from whatever the the silence is going to say. Yeah, sit and contemplate and actually see themselves. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're afraid of what they'll find, and so just filling up your plate constantly is is kind of safer because at least you know if you have more to do you know what to expect but you don't you don't know what to expect expect when you have to stop and that's we call that you know road madness when we're on the road and we all just get into this your brain's churning and city after city and it's hotel room after hotel room and you go 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 and then then you're at home and your brain has to adjust and you have to slow down and you have to reflect on who you are and you have all this time alone because all your friends work nine to fives and it's like i remember the same feeling like tuesday like anybody want to hang out like I, I don't want to be by myself right now because yeah. I don't really know yeah. if I'll like what I, I'll find, you know, like I don't even know who I am. I haven't seen myself in months. You know, I've been on the road just being a projection for all these people. Man. And then you, you slow down and it's like hitting a brick wall and it's like, okay, where am I? What is my life about? This, this is not real. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then you're faced with whatever that is. And that can be scary. And I think that's what a lot of people are escaping. And I've, I've been in that position where I've tried to escape it myself. I think as I'm getting older, I'm sort of more aware and willing to listen to those, that monkey brain kind of, kind of talk to me. And that's something that I, you know, you and I often go spiritual in this podcast, but if you think about it, if you kind of look at Jesus walking off into the wilderness from a Western point of view, right? it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make any sense. Why would he walk out into the desert by himself for 40 days? He could have done so much in that 40 now, days. Yeah, exactly. And time. I watched that movie about that. <laughs> have you seen that movie? No, with Ewan McGregor? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I heard Ewan it. McGregor plays Jesus in this film that came out like last year or a year before. And the most interesting part of that is the way the devil tempts him. Hmm. It's It's himself. Right. It's not like the devil comes out and he looks like he's got horns and a pitchfork. Yeah. It's, it's just a version of himself. So it really paints this idea that we are, we are our own worst enemy, and maybe Jesus' temptation was, was a little bit more metaphorical than actual Satan tempting him. It's just right. the part of the mind, the, the, the darkness that we all are running from is sure. saying, look what you can become, look what, you, what are you doing? And right. I loved, it was such a troll. That, that inner voice is such a troll. Or the insecure ego. Yeah. yeah. I watched it by myself and I was just like, damn, like if this was only a better story, it would probably would have gotten better reviews. <laughs> I think it's worth watching to kind of see that, that like that we all can relate to that, that voice inside of us that's telling us negative things. That shooting star last night. You enjoyed that. It was a bore. Liar. I am a liar, that is the truth. I've seen every shooting star since the first one. Every flash of lightning. I've heard the last gasp of each thing that ever lived. Nothing's interesting anymore. Nothing surprises you. Not a thing. The repetitiveness. The obstinate, dull repetitiveness of your father's plan is bewildering to me. The same lives lived over and over and over and over again. Is there a plan? It all has to turn into something. It has to pour out into something, but into what? And that's my weakness. Curiosity. 
And that movie's an artistic retelling. It's not like trying to do, you know, the Gospels front to back or whatever, or at least that period. They're they're trying to go, well, what a, what would it have been like and, and have an artistic kind of spin sure. on it. And I, I know some people will look at that and be like, well, that's not biblical. But that's art, baby. Oh, Challenge. Yeah. Question. Yeah, have you seen that? Have you seen that movie? Um, we, I, think we, I think we might have talked about this on the podcast. Calvary? No. Yeah, I think we talked about this on... I don't watch Christian movies. You gotta watch Calvary! Uh, this one is not. This is with... What's his face? The uh, He's like the Scottish actor. Um, oh, Liam... Oh. The red-haired guy. Okay. Anyway. No, this is really good. This is like one of the best films I've ever seen. Huh. It's not like... Facing the Giants or Fireproof, whatever those movies are. This it's, it's, it has a very Christian yeah. name, but it's regular actors. It's it's dude. I want to do an episode on it. It's, it's that good. Anyway, my point is is I think if you look at walking off into the wilderness from a Westerner's point of view, to go back to this, you would just look at like what a waste. Yeah, just walking out for forty days. We got you know how much crap we can get done in forty days. See how many people we can yeah. see. And I think that's the thing is this like you gotta change your mindset and realize you can't do right. a damn thing. You can't get anything really done or t- right. or touch anyone's life if you don't got your trolls under control. Well, you can't personally grow without facing yourself head on and without knowing yourself fully. Yeah. There's a lot in the social sciences that kind of point to this as well. It's like you can only love your spouse as much as you love yourself. So that's your limit. And so, if it, and you can only love yourself as much as you know yourself. Yeah. I think one of society's greatest ills is the lack of self-awareness, at least in the West. We don't know who we, we are. We don't know what we're afraid of. And our fear, because we don't know what we're afraid of, we, we, we haven't named it or observed it. Our fears control us. That monkey brain fear is dragging us around by the neck at every news story that pops up that says, watch out. Mm. Something bad could happen to you, and we're just we're just victimized by it. So going in and observing oh, yeah. what your brain's doing when that information comes comes in through your eyes and ears is then knowing yourself. It's then a, that's a that's an act of knowing what's happening in the moment, and then you can address it or observe it or not judge it. And that's what they say is just kind of let it go. And this is cognitive behavioral therapy. You are not your feelings or your you are not your thoughts or this is this is meditative practice. This is mindfulness. It's just observing, you know, your breath. Focus on the breath and then your brain goes, but what about this over here? And then you just bring it back to the breath. And what about this over here? And you just bring it back. And it's that practice, that's why they call it a practice. That practice of pulling your focus back in so that your 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 mind or your monkey mind or your ego or whatever can't jerk you around like a rag doll and i feel like we are so easily manipulated when we don't know ourselves and you know so there's there's something to be said there jesus understood that yeah the, the, the thing is though as you grew up in western church i've you know i've i've got a couple buddies who went to monasteries and and stayed there for a significant, significant amount of time um i had a friend who went to greece you know josh Jeter. yeah and he wrote this whole article it's on christianity.com about how he stayed at one of the oldest monasteries in Greece. I think it's like over 2,000 years old. And wow. He kind of paints this idea of like countries have risen and fallen 
over and over again. And this monastery has kind of maintained, you know, sort of its yeah. own little country together. And so many of us in Western cultures kind of write those people off like, oh, those guys are separatists. Right. You know, like Zen Pencil's uh, comic. They're, you know, you, they're, the, they're, the out, they're the outsiders. They're you know? the outliers, the, the monastic ascetics that don't engage with the world and... Because of that, they'll never do anything great. And then, yeah, here they are, you know, in 80, 90, however, however many of them are, just right. taking care of each other, and everyone has a place and a role. And I know there's other problems that can arise from that lifestyle, sure. certainly. Well, and every culture has its ills. I mean, we're, we're, we're these are human cultures, right? So when we talk about, yeah. you know, your Hebrew originalists or whatever, um, there there might be some positive aspects of their culture in that they really know how to rest. They really know how to observe their sabbath mindfulness yeah yeah and that and that can be a really positive thing whereas maybe some misogynistic aspects of their culture are not so great so our culture is yeah, great in yeah. that we can produce unbelievable ingenuity just so much hustle and entrepreneurship and advancement of technology but we have a huge deficit when it comes to being able to stop pause go internal be present with our friends and family and not constantly be thinking that we need to do more. And that's just culturally conditioned. But I think it's also just, it's also just spiritually conditioned. And everything in us says produce, produce, produce. And when we don't produce, we feel guilty. And, it, and the problem is, is it spills over into other areas of your life. You know, like Rob Bell was saying, like, you know, when you have five minutes at the D- DMV or the doctor's office, what do you do? You whip out Check your phone. Check your phone, yep. Yeah. So there's never, ever a moment in our lives anymore where... We're contemplative. There could be 10 minutes on the way to driving to someone's house. You can be contemplative. And when you arrive, you're in a better place mentally right. than when you left. And we don't have those moments anymore. Right. And so they, they're just kind of increasingly, you know, being ripped from us. I think the real problem is 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 people don't value that. So, like, when we lived in East Nashville, for example, I had friends Literally, who I would text and say, hey, can you hang out? They would get back, oh, can't. We're busy this weekend and next weekend. Uh, We're free, you know, eight weeks from now. (laughs) And I'm like, seriously? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you were literally booked for eight weeks with social events with people in Nashville. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm telling you, everyone in East Nashville, it was like they had to get the social calendar right, out. They right. had it booked. You hit, you text friends, oh, I can't make it, man. I got to go to this thing. I have friends going to three Halloween parties. In a single night? <laughs> yeah, in a single night. Yeah. And then going to three Christmas parties. And I'm just like, what the fuck is the point? <laughs> like, what are you doing? You're spending an hour here to try to say how to all these- You got to go schmooze, schmooze, schmooze. You got to get out there and be your projection of success. And so as many people that saw me and I was on their Instagram feed, that's how many records I might sell of my next oh record. Oh my gosh, dude. It got <laughs> insane. And it got to the point where I was just like, I got to move out of this town. And you know what? Yeah. I moved out of there partly because I just felt like everyone was so booked all the time. Right. I didn't really feel like there was anybody who thought and felt like I did. Like, who are the people who are, are, are smelling the flowers? Right. You know, who's stopping and, and, and enjoying this life? Who wants and, to come over and just bullshit by the fire for like six hours on a weeknight? That's what Nate wants. <laughs> you know what? I want that too. That sounds like a good time. It's just... It just gets annoying after a while when your yeah. friends are just constantly like, oh, yeah, man, I can't make it because I got this other commitment. And I'm like, 
you're just making commitments, bro. You're just constantly making commitments over and over and over. Yeah, they're micro commitments, and they're and they're more about social ladder than it is about really connecting with people on a heart level and being present with them. It's more about just yeah, smile, smile, picture, picture, you know, kissing babies, shaking hands, and then leave. And that's that's the three culture. That's the you know the need for success, or at least the image of success. And, and deceiving yourself into thinking that's who you really are, which is that's not who you are. None of those people really know you. 12. It's like 11 or 12 people can really know you or whatever. Right, life. right. And so, yeah, what are we doing to invest in those people? Are we thinking about work or what we got to do to like project an image? But I think it relates back, though, is because the reason why they have to have 400 people in their social circle that they, that they interact with every few weeks right, is because they can't have... 12 people because there's so much more alone time when you choose 12. So it's like the reason we're more and more and more social stuff is because more and more people can't handle that alone time. More and more people can't handle five minutes by themselves or they'll freak out. They can't handle a Wednesday night alone and no TV on, just sitting there reading a book or putting the book down. So your friends are super booked. Oh, well, I got to get super social and get super booked. And Sam and I are just sort of kind of like, you know what? Like, we can't keep up. Yeah. We can't keep up with this. <laughs> well, especially when you have kids. When we were younger, you know, Chrissy and I loved the city life, the hustle bustle. You meet someone for lunch. You meet someone for coffee. You meet someone for drinks. And in a single day, you could have three or four different social interactions with people. But those interactions would be at our max, you know? And um, and they were it was great. We had all this quantity. And we had all these relationships that were um, diverse, and but never really that deep. And uh, when I had kids, I kind of had this pull out like you did, you know, to the country or further out where if people had to travel to see me, they stayed a little bit longer because of the drive. You know, it wasn't just, you know, five minutes I'll meet you at the coffee shop because of the drive. They stayed a little bit longer. And that's kind of like that's my my goal now is to go out further and have, uh, you know, a spare bedroom or spare space for people to stay, stay the weekend. And we do the whole weekend together and we hang out and we go yeah. deep together as opposed to these little micro hangs. Um, because that to me, I just feel like the micro hangs, when people just come over for dinner or whatever, uh, something something about that, I feel like I'm betraying who I really am. And sometimes I can, yeah. I can, I can drink too fast in those moments because I just, I don't know, I don't know if I like it. And so I, I try to say, well, if I, if I have if I have a good buzz going, then I can enjoy this. Yeah, this is where the f- this is this is where the fourness really gets me because the conversation is never over. Right. So, right. So yeah, I'm totally 100 percent there with you, man. It's like there were just moments where it was like so late. I'm like, okay, it's it's 1:30 in the morning, and we're still kind of mulling over the world's problems. I got to go to bed, you know. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, there's some there's something that there's something more European in me where. Work is important. It pays the bills, but the real the real stuff is the dinner table, right? Is the dinner table, yeah? And, and the conversation. And who, and who do you have at your table? And yeah. uh, it's just so much about me, me, me. In my own life, I, mean, I see it, and I'm not. I'm saying all this with a caveat. Like I, I'm judging myself here. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of convicted, you know, by this, by this stuff too. And I feel like, you know, Christy and I, we recently started doing more. Um, mindfulness exercises so you know and we just do for 10 minutes or whatever and we just focus on our breath and you can it's crazy how much when you try to do this um how much your brain 
pulls either way and you just have to keep bringing it back and i think there was that nun that one time came up to uh i think it was keating father father keating and said uh, he was teaching um meditation and she said oh i must have i must have had 2000 separate thoughts and he said well yeah. great that's 2000 separate times to return to god that you get to return to god and that's the nature of yeah. contemplation returning it, returning to your breath is a metaphor in a way it's like returning to breath spirit life and when you have that practice of like your brain going one way and you keep pulling it back to the breath that's yeah. where you can start to be present and be in a in a real healthy space and i feel it when i do it i really do feel it sounds hippy dippy whatever hopefully you have somebody out there who you're thinking of when you're listening to this episode, you're like, oh, you know, there was this guy, you know, that used to mentor me or whatever, or there's this person at this, you know, camp or whatever, or there was this, you know, teacher that I had that was super, super good. And I think the moral of the story is, is you've got to go inside and deal and battle and calm down for you to be a better person outside. And I've found this to be so true of myself. I can't listen to my wife worth a crap if I'm checking my phone all day long, <laughs> right? Because yeah. I'm just, I'm just so, go, go, yep. go, 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 that it's like my wife's just talking and I'm just kind of like, you know, but if you get up in the morning and you sit for five minutes outside and just listen to the birds even, yeah, you kind of carry around a mindfulness all day long. And I, and I totally think that's why Jesus wanders off in the desert because he's got to take care of these 12 sure. guys. He's got to listen to these 12 dudes. He's got to pour into these 12 guys. And, and, and on top of that, he's got a bunch of people following him around who want to be healed and such. If he's just a workaholic, it's all going to fall apart. <laughs> you know, I hope that people listen to this podcast. Maybe you are a workaholic like me. Maybe you, uh, maybe you need a reminder to take a break, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, Maybe think about some things you're grateful for. Maybe return to your inner your inner breath and and think more about yeah. Make some rules, maybe. Maybe you have to say make some rules. You yeah, know, who like knows? No screens after eight o'clock or something. You know. Yeah. I, I mean, even I have to. I'm not a rule guy. Yeah, obviously. I hate rules. <laughs> they don't apply to me either. <laughs> you and I have seen both sides of this coin because we've toured our butts off for months and months and months. Yeah, and we burnt out. <laughs> yeah, we burnt out. We definitely burnt out. Yeah. But then we had those weeks where we were we were we were afraid to be alone. Right. You have to face the self. Exactly. Yeah, be alone. And that's something that was super attractive about my wife when I met her, she could be alone. There yeah. were times when I was like, Where do you what are you doing tonight? And she's just like, you know, oh, I'm home reading a book. And I'm like, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> like you know you don't have to go out and have to like impress a bunch of people. And that made me more interested in her because I felt like she was more content with herself. And I was super attractive. Well, she could just be naturally an introvert and Well, sure. <laughs> and then so it's not really even a struggle for her. She needs to be alone. <laughs> it, it might not but be. But it was novel. It was novel for you. You were like, wow, this is great. Yeah, because I mean I'm more gotta fill it up to fill up the space fill up the time so right yeah that's that, that was our that was our conditioning too for sure well yeah man i i i needed this podcast i needed to talk about this stuff because i'm just you know i'm moving in june and i'm going on an eight-week tour with my family and i have to get all the stuff out of this house meanwhile i'm fulfilling a kickstarter campaign for the classic crime and i'm trying to release a classic crime record and uh planning two tours 
and doing podcast. this podcast and running uh-huh. BC music stuff. And it's just, there's no way if I think about all the things I have to do that I can be functionally achieving any of it. Like it yeah, just man. would overwhelm me. And so I need to rely more on just emptying my brain so that the things come and I can one at a time instead of just scattering. Got to watch that minimalism documentary again. Tonight. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm moving my whole family into an RV. It'll be a tiny home on wheels. So I'm ready. But there's like those films that are good, like good reminders. Like I think the thing sure. is, is community is good. And I think why people say, oh, you have to go to church every week. It isn't to be reminded that you're a jerk. It's just the it's the fact that the monkey brain's gonna creep back in and tell you, get busier, get busier, right. buy more stuff. And you have to kind of go to a place or a group or a church or a, a you know, a meditation yeah. where you're where you steps. say no. Yeah. You know, you, you, you no, stop. Be right. be here, be here now. And and this is why we do this podcast, because honestly, it's like it's a lot of work. We do it to kind of remind ourselves, like, hey, it's cool to discover new things and talk about them and have a good conversation and have, have right. some friendship. And if people pay, pay attention and listen in, cool too. That's part of our community, yeah. If we try to get hustle about this and we need to do this and this and this and this, you know, we're yeah. going to burn out on the podcast. And we've had moments like that where we're just like, yeah. damn, you know, how are we going to get this podcast together <laughs> this week? Yeah, the, the hustle the hustle can, can kind of be depleting. So, I mean, I know we've talked about hustle a lot and I think hustle is important. I think going after and doing the things you want to do in life is important, but always temper with a balance of self-care and self-assessment and self-awareness. And I think our culture needs it. I think we all need the reminder and I needed the reminder. So I'm thankful that we had this conversation today, Nate. Thanks for sending that, uh, article over yeah, man. on workaholism and the gig economy celebrating working ourselves to death. Let's not work ourselves to death. Let's be around for our kids. Yeah. That about wraps it up, baby. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Don't feed the trolls. Tell your friends about our podcast. Rate our podcast on iTunes if you get a chance. It's a good idea. Uh, email us at don't email the trolls at gmail.com uh you can go to our website trollspodcast.com check out the donate button if you want to support the show twitter at trollspod instagram trollspodcast too bad we don't have all those the same but you know you can find us we're all over the place not working too hard though we're enjoying our <laughs> not lives anyone else. we've but set it up we're sitting but, back now yeah we're sitting back pretty <laughs> having Having some brews on the porch. Just yeah, talking about long life. summer nights. All right, guys. Till next time. guys thanks for tuning into the podcast this week and uh, listening to this show on workaholism in the last couple of weeks we've grown our patreon from like 90 people to like 130 people because we're doing another show called troll talk specifically for people on patreon so you get basically two podcasts if you support the show with just a dollar a month so got a lot of listeners one dollar a month gets you access to the second show obviously five or ten would be awesome 
But uh, we just wanted to say thank you to the hordes of people who've joined in the last couple weeks. And it's been awesome to see. And it's really encouraging to Matt and I to uh, see all the support. So if you'd like to head over to patreon.com slash don't feed the trolls, we'd love it. And uh, we have a cool little community going. So cruise over to Patreon, support the show, and uh, give us the juice to keep going. Thank you, guys. Thank you.